I was obviously at Glasgow City eight years and I was still working part-time as well. I was travelling back and forth from, from Edinburgh to Glasgow for training. So for me, I was just at that point in my career. I'm now 28 and I was just thinking, why not? I was thinking, why not go professional and see what, where my body takes me in terms of the physicality of the sport? And it was, I'll be honest with you, it was hard leaving Glasgow City. It was, there was just so much raw emotions there. But when I, I looked at the bigger picture and I was thinking, I'm obviously a Rangers fan, everybody knows that. But it was, it was more than just being a fan. It was more about playing at the top of my level. This is Ibrox. Run away, run away tonight, leave the city, we'll be fine. Hello and welcome to something very special that we're going to start and roll out at This Is Ibrox. My name's Scott Patterson and this is the Rangers Women's Podcast. We're really happy to be putting out some women's football content over the next little while. And I'm very pleased to say that joining me on the pod, regular podder for our flagship pod, Graham Falk joins us. Hi Graham, how are you doing? I'm very well. About to speak to one of the best left-backs in Scotland and uh, 55's on the way, so I'm, I'm buzzing mate. Yeah, really, Time, really well. Times are exciting. It's an exciting march, isn't it? It's not bad for a lockdown year. Yeah, things are going well. And we're also joined uh, for our debut, Courtney McKenzie joins us. Hi, Courtney. Hiya. I'm off. God, I'm buzzing. If you'd have told my ear ago, I'd have been sitting on a podcast with Nicola Brooke Dockery. I'd have probably <laughs> cried, but uh, no, buzzing. I'm sort of buzzing about it. So, Nicola, we'll come to you in a second. We'll give you that grand entrance, as I promised you. Um, Graham, before we, we, we get on to that, I'd, I'd just give us a little bit of, of what you are all about now. You've obviously got the Walk the Folk podcast on in the background. Let us know what's happening for you. Yeah, uh, probably too much, to be quite honest with you. Um, when lockdown gets lifted, I'll probably have to drop one or two by the wayside. But as you mentioned, I do my own podcast, which is Walk the Folk. Um, I cover basically the, the world of football with probably a, a strong hint of Sunland and Rangers, which I'm sure my listeners, all 10 of them, will tell you. Um, <laughs> I also work for the Scotsman. Obviously, I'm an engagement journalist there as well, um, which I won't bore you with, but that's basically what I do. And I do a bit of the, the Rangers newsletters, which come out on a Monday and a Friday. In terms of women's football, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Um, I'll go see Rangers and work for her football hub, so I'll cover the, the Scottish leagues, mainly Rangers when I can, the other teams as well, um, and I'm head of media for Middlesbrough Women when when we're allowed to play, when the league allows us to play, which thankfully looks like it's going to be soon, so Thank yeah, I, I do a lot of stuff, um, and now this as well, so keep, me, keep myself busy. So Courtney Graham um, references the, uh, the Her Football Hub um, podcast and all the good things that go alongside that blog, tell us a little bit about that, I know you're involved. Uh, I'm a writer for Her Football Hub and I also do some kind of social media work with them and you'll see any Scottish post that is put up on there, I've probably put it up because um, Scottish football is not for everyone, especially the women's game, but I'm right in there with all the writing, all the admin about it and I just essentially try and educate even the writers for Her Football Hub, they ask me about women's football, especially up in Scotland and by writing about it and by putting it up on their, their Twitter pages and stuff, they're like, that actually looks quite cool. Oh, I've seen that play in the World Cup, so it just shows you that like, by putting it out there, so many people will eventually see it, and as I said, writing's predominantly what I do, and I love it. And you're still kicking a ball around yourself just now, aren't you? Oh, as and when you can. Put me in the spot here, but um, <laughs> I do kick a ball here and then uh, in the lovely banana kit of BSC Glasgow. Uh, hoping to get back soon uh, probably should start going running more so that i am not used as the football but you know we'll go with it maybe become a goalkeeper because they're allowed to be a wee bit bigger than the rest of them <laughs> so guys as i say we're really pleased to be to be joined by nicola docker a integral part of the rangers women's first team and of course uh current scotland internationalist nicola hiya thanks for joining us hey thanks for having me i'm delighted to be here so so a wee bit on, I think it's, it's only right that we go to the, the sort of more recent news and the fact that you guys, it looks like, fingers crossed, everything possibly crossed, that you guys could be allowed to return to training as early as next week. Yeah, well, there's no dates being put in as of yet, but obviously we've seen the, the news on Twitter that the, the Women's Premier League is allowed to return. Um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a long time. Um, it's been difficult but we'll just be delighted to get back in the training ground and, and hopefully the league can re return anytime soon as well So how have you found lockdown? I appreciate you'll maybe have certain regimes, trying to keep yourself fit etc um, how, How's that been for you? How have the club supported you? Certainly The club have been excellent in terms of even just 
hosting Zooms, just making sure that everyone's mentally okay, because I think that's the, the most important thing for everybody right now during this pandemic is your mental health. So we're, there's mental health nurses put in place for us if we ever needed to talk to someone if we were struggling. So from that aspect, the club have been excellent. And for us as individual athletes, it's all about taking your own initiative and get, keeping yourself fit. So when you're ready to return, you'll be in the great shape possible. So, Graham Courtney, by all means, it's a, it's a chat. If you guys want to, to burst in, don't interrupt the host, needless to say, but if you want to burst in, you're more than welcome to. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. So, Nicola, I want to go back to, to where it all started for you. You're, from everything I, I, I read about you, it's clear that you're a, a big Rangers fan. Um, idols when you were younger, breaking in at, at Falkirk Youth, if you like, when, when you were... 10, maybe 10, 11, 12. How did that whole path start for you? So I, I kind of started when I was like about six years old and my dad realised that I couldn't keep a ball away from my feet in the garden. So he put me into like a thing, it was like called Soccer Sevens at the time at Falkirk. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of where it all began. Um, but obviously, as you've, you've touched on there, I, I played for Falkirk and younger, as a young kid back then, there wasn't that many um, women role models, um, in my opinion, that just wasn't put out there, to be honest. Yeah. But my, probably my biggest one was probably Julie Fleeting at the time. She's yeah. she's She's been my teammate for a, a number of years there before she retired and she's what an incredible athlete and goal scorer she was. But... Growing up a Rangers fan, um, my hero was Michael Moles. I had Moles 9 on the back of my top. Um, there was a bit of banter on Rangers TV that it was Neil McCann, but I was I was kidding them on. So <laughs> <laughs> Michael Moles for me was my favourite. Um, I just remember like, all the songs he used to sing when I was, used to go to the games with my dad and stuff. So yeah, he was my idol growing up, I would have to say. Could you do the turn? I'm a defender, so I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's my excuse as well. I'm a defender. <laughs> I use that excuse in every question of a, of a scorer. That was so. Uh, no, nah, I, I mean, I, I can do a wee trick here and there, but I like to keep it simple as a defender. Um, so, no, I'll leave that turn to Michael Moles. Graham Moles was quite a player, was he not? Takes you back? Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels like yesterday, but I don't think it was. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny, my, the first name I ever had on the back of my shirt was actually, which was a Sunderland shirt, funnily enough, was, was actually Ferguson number five, as in Derek Ferguson. And lo right. and behold, we're speaking, you, you obviously spoke to him a few weeks ago. Um, that was my first ever sort of Sunderland hero because he played for Sunderland and Rangers. Um, and my mum was really frustrated that I'd gone for one of the longer names because it was back in the day when you paid via the, the actual letter. She was like, <laughs> could you not just like someone called Grey or Ord or something like that? So uh, I stayed open for most of my life. But yeah, Michael Moles does take me back. Um, I was going to say the glory days, but then they're coming back, aren't they? So oh, they're back. They're absolutely back. That takes us quite nicely on the next question, Nicola. Um, there is a real good feeling around the club just now. Uh, I, amidst the pandemic, probably from a, a socially, it's difficult to sort of be anything other than half empty, I think, a little bit, to be honest. However, our team um, continue to, to cheer us up. Is that feeling of excitement at this stage, so early in March, um, is that filtering through um, each of the levels at the football club just now? Do you feel that? Yeah, well, at Rangers, they've they've really brought in that one club mentality. Um, so for for us being part of the the professional women's team for the the first time, it's it's felt like that since I walked through the door. There's like so much equality within the club, and and the way that Rangers are performing just now, and then obviously the way we finished the season just there, there was just a buzz, a whole like around the whole kind of facility. So yeah. it's it's great to see Rangers doing so well, and obviously being a Rangers fan and. We're just that one step closer from the result the other night. So, yeah, there's that excitement there within the club. It's funny, it's, it's funny you say that, Nicola, because I remember watching the behind-the-scenes video with the, the training release, and it was amazing. You seen like, them looking at James Tavernier and Scott Arfield, and then it would turn to, like, Brogan Hayne and you, and I was like, so many clubs just wouldn't do that. It would be, here is the men's release kit, and you would just see them taking the pictures and whatever. But it, like, like you said, it was a club for all. You know, it wasn't here is the women's kit and them releasing theirs, and here's the men. It was here is the Rangers kit, and then obviously he's ended up with a bespoke kit, which I think is sensational. Yeah, that was amazing. To be honest, I think even the fact that they, they gave us that opportunity to have women's fit cut, because obviously for me, growing up throughout my career, it was always a the boys kit and the, the baggy tops and it just yeah. wouldn't fit you so it was 
So I, I think that shows the intent from the club that you've got your own bes bespoke kit and, and yeah, it's, it's a great club to be at at the moment. Nicola, just touching on um, what you said before about when you grew up, like Michael Moles was your sort of person that you looked up to and, and you mentioned before about role models within the men's game, the women's game. It's definitely different from when, you know, myself was young and, and obviously yourself as well, based on what you were saying. But, you know, I go to a lot of women's games now and because it's still small enough where people can go and get photos and stuff like that, when obviously COVID's not a thing, um, it's very much a, a community element and people are getting heroes within the women's game more and more, like Kim Little's really, really looked up to. And then um, I can imagine you've had similar situations where people have come up to yourself and you're, you're inspiring people. Um, how far has the women's game grown and how far do you think it has to go based on stuff like that? You know, just the fact that people are looking up to girls as their idols, girls as their heroes rather than men for a change. Um, how far do you think it's come since particularly probably the World Cup? Even when I think about from when I was a kid till now, it's just it's just night and day. Like I think it's important that you you think if you can't see something, then you're not going to be able to be it. So I think that the fact that it's so out there, then kids actually can see, oh, I can be a Ken Little, I can be a Caroline Weir and Lucy Bronze, etc. down south. Like they're actually seeing these people live on TV. And when you're going to the games, it's a, it's a really family environment and it's such a great place for kids to go to, families to go to. And, and I think it's amazing. But I do think there's there's still room for improvement. For me, I still think there's... I wouldn't say a long way to go, but I do think that there's still a, quite a gap. But I think we're going in the right direction. And I think what Rangers have done in terms of putting the women's team professional, I think that's the intent from in a Scottish point of view that it's going in the right direction. With you being a, a Rangers fan from birth, when you sort of looked up to maybe playing for Rangers, you wouldn't have had any sort of professional players or seen it. You couldn't, you couldn't have seen it as a job when you were young because it didn't really exist. Um, do you think that's just huge kudos to all the teams that have gone professional because it's going to inspire so many little girls as well? And, you know, maybe in 20 years' time, we'll be going to be discussing a conversation where we're struggling to find where, where else, what else you can do to kind of level the playing field a little bit. Is that quite a big thing, do you think, going professional for not just the professionals now, but the younger children who are going to be looking up and going, actually, I can make a job with that. If I want to play for Rangers, I actually can. I can do that without having to have a part-time job. Yeah, that's, I think you're spot on there. For me, as a kid growing up, I always dreamt of playing for Rangers Football Club. And if you asked me, do I think I could have achieved it when I was that age? I probably would have said no. I really do. I think I, I would have said no. In terms of professional professional environment, I, I would have said no because I didn't think Scotland would ever get to that level. But I just think the more coverage that Scottish football has got and in, in terms of like even the World Cup, I think that bounced it on even even further than it should have been. I think the, the whole buzz after the World Cup, it was it was incredible. And I think the more stuff that we get from that and Scotland going to major tournaments and teams going to professional, where you can actually just train every day, make yourself the best you can be. Because I think it's important to have that. Look, I, last year I was working part-time as well trying to juggle football and work at the same time. I'm, I'm rushing my dinner in to try and, on the way back from Edinburgh, try to get to training. It's, it's, it's difficult. And I know I st still a lot of the girls do that in the Scottish game, and, and, and I can understand that because I've done it. But when you go professional, you just get that time to get the right, right nutrition, the right training, the right sleep, and it, and it definitely improves you as a footballer. So I think if we can get more of that within the league, it's definitely going to get better. Definitely sure. one of the things that... Sorry, apologies, Scott. No, on you go, Graham, carry on. Sorry. You said I, you said I could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you talked about um, before, and obviously I work with a, a woman's team, and a lot of people will sometimes come down and go, yeah, I've enjoyed it, but it wasn't quite the same level. And obviously it's third division English football. It's, it's part-time. They train twice a week if you know the pitch is not soggy and drained and stuff like that. You've been through that yourself. Um, doing part-time and, and stuff like that. Do you think that there should be maybe a little bit more understanding of a lot of the teams, obviously not at Rangers at the moment, but a lot of teams across the women's game do have to work in like a retail shop till half past five and then shovel their dinner down, whatever that may be, a tin of beans or whatever it may be, and then go to sort of um, training and then come back and get ready for the, the eight o'clock shift the next morning. Do you think that kind of thing is... It's played down too much in a way, like the sacrifices that a lot of girls have to make. Yeah, I 100% agree. Just like I said, I, I can understand how hard it is because I've, I've been there. And you've got 
players that are working 12-hour shifts and then running, like, rushing to training. Like, I, I do think people underestimate how hard that is. They just think, oh, you, you play in the, the, the elite sports, shall we call it, the elite league. And, and, that, and sometimes they think that's enough. But for me, it's you've got to look at the bigger picture and what they're actually doing during the day before they even get to training. So I would agree with you on that. Just touching on that, obviously, like many boys' academies have taken professional from like the age of 11, 12 and putting in that environment straight away, putting in digs, training like twice a day and stuff. Do you ever see that happening with the women's game? Young girls being taken into that professional environment from even such as a pre-teenager? Do you think that will be a long, long time until that happens? I do. Th- I, I genuinely do think that we're going in the right direction. I, I was doing a an individual training session um, with that. They're, they're called Pro Performance Academy. They're held in Denny, and you've got kids as young as six that are working on individual training. Like I would, n- I would never have known like that was even a thing. Like if you had told me you're going to an individual training at the age of six and you're going to learn all the, the small, finer details of being a footballer, I would, I would say, what? What, what, what am I doing that for? But, <laughs> but when you think about it, it's, it's incredible. And I, and I think what you've got kids that are learning to scan at the age of six. I mean, I didn't think I realised that. I don't think I actually started scanning until I was like playing at like maybe <laughs> women's first team level. So I think what the kids are getting these days, and especially the girls, like there's so many opportunities for girls, like from a very young age and the ad that I certainly didn't have. So the, where I am just now and the fact that I didn't have that, I think I've done pretty well. So the fact that these kids have now got those opportunities in front of them, then I think they'll go even further than I'll ever will. I think one thing that has helped as well, um, the women's game generally and and girls growing up, Nicola, I'd, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. I, I think nationally, if you like, people like Alex Scott on the television has unquestionably helped. But up here and more local to ourselves in Scotland, um, I think the involvement of Leanne Crichton on, on the television has been has been hugely helpful and people will look up to her when she's making any any points and ask the questions, my goodness, who is she? And then she's obviously just very, very recently retired. Um, so it, it, it does show that there's a almost a route from playing at a really high level to to pastures new after that and and you know what I mean your life doesn't end the minute you stop playing football kind of thing you know yeah there's obviously opportunities there for footballers when they retired there's obviously what what Leanne Crichton's done what she's done for her national team was incredible yeah the fact that she's she's now on doing the, the pundit stuff I think she's a very knowledgeable footballer played she's very good for, for, for many years and yeah I think she's she's excellent at, at what she does on the tv um so, but when I went on Rangers TV, I was probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life because obviously being a fan and stuff. So, <laughs> so but I think it becomes it it's becomes real natural um, to Leanne Crichton. She's she's very good at what she does, and and she deserves the opportunity that she gets from obviously when retiring from the national team to the the pundit stuff that she's doing now. I think as well the nerves just it just shows how much you care. I remember um, when we just shortly started doing a this is Ibrox podcast and. Without giving away my age too much, I was a huge fan of Ian Durant, um, and I, I was lucky enough to be given the opportunity to speak to him in a, in a one-on-one in an interview. And um, I was a nervous wreck on the lead up to it, um, and I wasn't sure I was really that much better as I spoke to him for about an hour and a half. However, he tolerated it, um, and as I say, it just shows you care. It absolutely does. Absolutely, yeah. I was on that po- obviously that podcast recently as well, so yeah. I got to them as well. So I was a bit nervous, like yourself, but I know once you're on it, you're fine. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So I want to I want to go back to so you're you're at Falkirk, and the opportunity comes back then. I think it was two thousand and eleven. You'll correct me the dates, and there's an opportunity to go to Rangers, sort of pre-professional. How how did that move come about? Who was involved in that? Well, I'd actually remembered going to Falkirk Ladies. I, I, I remember I went up to the first team quite early. I was 16 when I went and made my first team debut with the women's first team at Falkirk. And I just remember I was playing well. I was actually a left winger back then, believe it or not. Right, so you do have a trick. It was usually we step over, but then I'd fall over the ball at the same time. <laughs> not quite Ryan Kent. No, I'm not, quite, I'm not as explosive as Ryan Kent, so... Uh, but no, yeah, I was obviously at Falkirk and I just remember was someone scouted me from Rangers. I think it was maybe Gary Gibson. Um, he's right. still there to this day. He is, uh, yeah. 
And I just remember speaking to my dad, because I've, I've obviously been at Falkirk for many years. It's where I've been born, blah, blah, blah. And obviously my Rangers fan. So I spoke to my, I remember speaking to my dad about it. I was just like, Dad, do I go or do I not? And obviously my dad's a big Rangers fan. He's like, hey, aye. Of course you're you going. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, made. No, but I, I've got to give a lot of credit to the, the people at Falkirk, because if it wasn't for them, I don't think I'd be where I was today, I think. And obviously, like, grassroots football is so important as well. So I remember the woman, it was Alison Mackey at Run, um, Falkirk ladies and I just sat down and had a conversation I was like look I think it's time for me to move on I want to try and better my career and try and better myself and try and be the best that I can be so I think this is the move that that will do that for me and I'd obviously went and yeah it was it was great to be there at the time um, but obviously I then moved on again. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to, to think about it you, you I mean you were 16 at the time when that happens Um Assuming Falkirk still have a, a ladies set, I'm, I'm in Falkirk just now, assuming there's a, a, a ladies set up just around the corner from me, you wonder in the current climate if a, a 16-year-old gets to a stage where maybe they, they get to the stage where they think they need to try and move on, you just wonder where that career path goes, Graham. I don't know if you agree if the, if the opportunity is, is there for that progression unless you're approached. Well, yeah, it's a big thing, isn't it? I think um, obviously... At the club I work at, we have a lot of 16-year-olds in the first team, but a lot of that's down to the level and the necessity to put them in the first team because it's not a big squad. Um, again, that comes down to the fact that it's not even part-time. It's it's basically voluntary. Yeah. Um, I suppose when you're coming through, that that's where you want things to change, I would imagine, at like the, maybe the low levels where players are given. Obviously, it's a great route, but you need to get picked up you do need to get picked up to make a sort of a career of it. And, and sometimes I suppose as much as a lot of professional teams are beginning to become a thing across, obviously in England and, and Scotland's coming in there as well. Um, I think Hibs, for example, Hearts are still part-time currently. Um, so say someone comes through in that, they're going to have to really shine to get picked up by a professional club and then make it, make it um, as a professional footballer, basically. So yeah, there's an element to it. But like, I think like Nick says, it's definitely going in the right direction. I feel it as someone who's been in, women's football for a little while, I definitely feel it at my level. And if, if Nick feels that, I'll trust, I'll trust her better judgment that it's going in the right direction. So, Nicola, back to yourself. The, you're at Rangers for, for a period of time and there's an opportunity to, to go to the seemingly everlasting successful Glasgow City. Yes, obviously. Well, I was at Rangers, of course, and obviously had a good time there. Um, obviously been a Rangers fan. Um, but then obviously the guy who was in coach at the time was Eddie Vallecchi Black yeah. and I remember he he was he had contacted Rangers and was like look we want to sign Nick blah 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 and I'd says to my dad so I think it was like maybe the second the first year they had asked for me and I spoke to my dad I was like nah I'm not leaving Rangers no chance no doing it no doing it so I was like my loyalty's lie with Rangers so I'd, another season I'd went past and then he just came back again and I was like dad I need to speak to you. And I was like, glad to that Earth came and came in and like spoke to me again. And he was like, oh, why do you not just go meet the coach then? So I took my dad with me because he's like my, my sidekick for all my decisions, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I was like, Dad, well, let's go meet this Eddie, Eddie Black character. And he just turned up. This is, I kid you not, this is a story of what we've done. I met him at the Falkirk Stadium, right? At the, is it the Amarillo Bar, they call it? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And he brought this black briefcase. And he's and he's just opened. It. So we've sat down, and he's opened it up, and he went, "Do you do you want to do you want to win things?" And it's like medals, right? Like loads of medals, loads of stuff like that. And he's like, "Do you want do you want to be a part of this?" And I was like, ah. "I was like, to be honest, like, I've got like a pure winning mentality, right?" So I was like, oh, I, "I do, I really do." So I went home and thought about it, and I was like, "Dad, I need to go. Like, I think this is going to progress my." individual career like even more like progressed me as a player and I was like dad I do want to win things like and like obviously they were, the city were the team that were just beating everybody and I was just yeah. like oh, if you can't beat them then go and join them so <laughs> I eventually I eventually went um, and, and it was obviously the eight incredible years that I had at Glasgow City. Nick you talked about your, your winning mentality there it just reminded me of the last game I was at which was the Motherwell game when you you won 9-0 I think it was like two minutes from the end. And I can't repeat what I was hearing you saying, but obviously, of course, you were willing the team on, shall we say, <laughs> to maybe potentially get a 10th. Uh, you, don't, you don't really relax at 19. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I know you, should, you shouldn't celebrate too much like when you're, when you're already ahead, but like, I've just got that mentality that I just always want more. 
Like I, I, for me, it's about the team. I don't care about the other teams in the league. I want us to be the best that we can be. So I was, I was saying, come on, let's get get one more, make it ten. I know. That, that I was sitting with, I was standing with Louise at the time, and I think to be fair, you had us in kinks for the best part of like five minutes towards the end because you were just willing on the tenth and the eleventh, and you were getting genuinely angry with it. Um, that it wasn't getting to 10 and I'm thinking just chill out Nick just chill out But well, I know sometimes I need that someone to just say Nick please just chill out <laughs> it wasn't going to be me because you were you were quite aggressive in the shouting so <laughs> <laughs> it's good to hear that though because that is that is um, that's a mentality that's demanded of you at Rangers Football Club I don't care what anyone says we've all been to games and um, how many times have you heard 2 nothings is a really dangerous lead and you're, you're willing your team on to score a third, and when you get a third, you get greedy, and you want a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. So um, I think by by getting more, you want more, and it, it, it encourages you to to want the best and, and get all those medals, as, as Eddie Willicky Black spoke to you about, Nicola. Yeah, but I think that's even what, what Rangers have done so well this season. The first team is, is having that winning mentality, that cutting edge. <laughs> Obviously, some games have maybe not played played that great but they've always just found a way to win and that was the same when I was at Glasgow City it wasn't always pretty games but you just always had that winning mentality and you always just found a way to win and, and I think Eddie drummed that into us at the time that yeah we're not playing well but you just find that cutting edge and you find a way to win Sorry talking about um, like Glasgow City obviously you beat them 5-0 which is I get like, against a team that's dominated Scottish football for like 13 years that must have been a, a massive result but for you was it a, a bittersweet feeling almost because you've just won 5-0 playing for Rangers against the, the dominating team but you also spent eight years there and playing against essentially teammates you've grown up with how, how did that feel doing that? Yeah obviously going into the game there was a little bit of nerves there I remember when we, we first turned up and I never seen anybody until we were actually warming up I just felt a, it was just a, a wee funny feeling. But once the game kicked off, like I was absolutely fine. At, at my loyalty, obviously, lies with Rangers, but obviously, I've got great friends there as well. We had confidence going into that match. We we did. We thought we truly could win it. I didn't think it was going to be five 0 If I'm being completely honest with you, because Glasgow City are obviously are a great team, and and I know the girls that are there are extremely talented, but. Once we kind of started scoring a little a bit more, I just kind of stopped sitting like jumping and celebrating. I was just like glad to get the three points and and just focusing on my own team. But yeah, it was it was it was hard at the start. But once you once you get your first tackle and you're thinking, yep, here we go. <laughs> it's on. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, as soon as I go on the pitch, like nobody's my pal. I'll be honest with you. Good for you. Good for you. No friends. What could no possibly friends. go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> I feel like such a dad thing in it. Like growing up with a dad that takes you to football, he's like, none of them's your pals. Go on yep. there and win. Such Absolutely. a dad thing. Yeah, yep. 100%. I'm, I'm a, so I've got a wee girl at five and a wee boy at three. And I'm very aware. Um, well, I, there's a good chance the wee one, like Nikita, my wee girl, she'll go probably shortly. And, and Lam, my wee boy, he'll not be far at the back here I think to be honest with you um, the wee guy he likes to to kick anything in the back garden which can be problematic sometimes granted but um, he, he does like to get himself involved he will go to mini kickers somewhere and and probably not in the too far distant future as, as time allows certainly. Nicola I want to come back to, to current day you were obviously at Glasgow City for a period of time and Rangers go professional and you're not there. I wonder, as you looking into that, if you kind of thought, I really need to get myself involved in that in, in some way, shape or form. Well, as I touched on earlier, I was obviously at Glasgow City eight years and I was still working part time as well. I was traveling back and forth from, from Edinburgh to Glasgow for training. So for me, I was just at that point in my career. I'm now 28 and I was just thinking, why not? I was thinking, why not go professional and see what, where my body takes me in terms of the physicality of the sport? And it was, I'll be honest with you, it was hard leaving Glasgow City. It was, there was just so much raw emotions there. But when I, I looked at the bigger picture and I was thinking, I'm obviously a Rangers fan, everybody knows that. But it was, it was more than just being a fan. It was more about playing at the top of my level um, and, and going full time at, at a club that I've, that I've loved since I was a kid. So... In the end, it was an opportunity that I couldn't turn down and, and it's one that I, I definitely don't regret because I've enjoyed every minute since I've walked through the door. 
Graham, on you go, Graham, sorry. I was going to say, when it comes to, and I'm probably stamping all over Scott's script here. Uh, well, no. not script. You're like, you're, 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 it's not um, scripted, Graham. Come on. We don't have a script. <laughs> Podcast. Everybody can do it they want. <laughs> chucking things everywhere. Um, but I was thinking before about, obviously, Rangers going professional. And, and, you know, when you spend a lot of time at a club, like, for example, I work for Middlesbrough Women. I'm actually Sunderland and Rangers, but because they're my friends and who I work with and who I'm with, it's just like any workplace. You, it's hard to leave somewhere. But how much did, because obviously I watched the World Cup um, and I remember the Argentina game, sorry to bring it up, but I remember you leaving and I remember, I remember you being like one of the most dejected on the pitch. There's obviously that famous photo of you coming off the pitch, which I'm, I'm sure you don't like looking back at. But no, no, you're fine. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. It, it, but it, it shows... <laughs> and you talked before about how the World Cup did bring up the women's game to a level that's probably not seen in a while and, and the World Cup beforehand as well to be fair um, but when you hit that sort of level when you're at a World Cup and you feel like you're at the, the peak of your game really did that also up the ante for you wanting to go professional as well? It, it made me want it so much more and the heartbreak that we had at the, the World Cup I just thought Nah, like we deserved so much more. And for me as a player, I just wanted to be even better than I had done at the at the World Cup. I, I looked back the games, I analysed my performances and it just made me want it so much more. So when that opportunity to go full time, I, I took it with both hands. And I think as being a footballer to play at that top level, you, it, you do need to eventually go professional. I know how hard it is for players who are still juggling things with work just now and, and trying to like find a way to make it work. But I do think if the full league could, could go professional one day, it would it would be incredible. And I think, I hope that's what everyone's driving for. And the time that I've stopped and retired, hopefully that that is what we're looking at and the full league is professional. It would be great for Scottish football. Because there is so many professionals in the Scottish setup as well, does that continue to drive you on? You touched on Kim Little, Caroline Weir's had an outstanding season and you've got the likes of Kirsty Hansen, Lizzie Arnott's obviously came back to the Scottish league. Um, does that drive you on even further, having players that are, let's be honest, in Kim Little's case, like legends of the game now in, in women's football? Yeah, I think so. I think even at Rangers, the intent that the club have shown, bringing in all different internationals, you've got Demi from Northern Ireland as well, and you've got Bala from India. I think it's incredible what the club have done in terms of their recruit. More professionals that you have at the club and more different countries, it's, it's just going to drive us forward. But being professional is for me, is the, is, is the peak that you want. It's what you want as a footballer because it makes you better. And obviously what you're seeing with Caroline Weir, Kim Little at the top of their games, they're unbelievable players. And you've got Aaron Cuthbert as well. Like There's, there's so many to choose from now. Like it's, you, you just wouldn't think this would have been possible as a kid, like me naming out all these different footballers that are actually from Scotland. So I think it's incredible and we're, we're getting there. And it's great as well when you go down to, like, for example, if you go down to Argyle Street, obviously it's closed at the moment, I wouldn't recommend it, but um, yeah. if you went to, like, JJB, yeah, you've got, like, I think it's Charlie Mulgrew's on the photo, I think it's John McGinn, but then the big one on the window at the front of JJB is Aaron Cuthbert. Um, I remember and, seeing that and I was taking my Snapchat and I sent her it as well. And Erin's also big time Glasgow Rangers as well, so we can big her up on this podcast. To be honest, well, I keep saying to Erin, I was like, Erin, mate, you've got to come back to the Jers. You've got to come back. So I think when Erin's maybe a wee bit more closer to her retirement years, she might leave Chelsea and come back for a bit. So I, nah, keep, just I, keep, come now. I keep getting on at her to tell her to come. So we'll see. Be, it'd be a good sign then, wouldn't it? Wouldn't be oh, bad. Uh, I mean, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? I yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. Boy football would erupt if somebody just posted a picture that Erin Cuthbert with a Rangers top signing for Rangers. I think. I helped get her a Rangers top. I sent her the new one, new one down. Rangers sent her a, a, a Rangers top down, so she managed to get her hold of one of the, the new tops as soon as it came out. I think we were trying to sign her at that point. So the, the, <laughs> the, the photo was there somewhere then, so we know it's due to come out at some point. Uh, That's fine. Good. It's a wee exclusive on our first podcast. I love it. Not bad. (laughs) So, Nicola, I'm going to veer away from um, Rangers just now and and focus a little bit on the the recent venture internationally, uh, Greece and sorry, Cyprus and and Portugal double header. Two very different sides of the same coin, wasn't it? One really emphatic, and the other one probably quite disappointing. 
Yeah, well, look, we didn't we didn't qualify, and it was just a case of finishing the group. So for us, we as soon as we knew that we hadn't qualified, we knew that we had underachieved. We're a, we're a squad that should be at a major, major term, uh, tournament, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and in the squad's opinion, we've got a vast amount of quality within the squad, so we should have been qualifying. Um, but in the end, we didn't. So it was just about ending the campaign on a high. So the Cyprus game was great, and it was obviously great to get that win. Uh, yeah. I think we played some really nice football, actually, some nice goals. Caroline, we are doing our usual bits, um, sending players on the floor and chipping the keeper. <laughs> so she was just doing our usual. Um, but obviously, yeah, the Portugal game, it was it was a tough match. They're a good side. They're, they're, they'd like to drop it in the pockets and, and make it difficult for you. And we just fell short once again. I think we, we started the first half really well. We, sh- we should have been at least a couple of goals up, but... It's just one of those things in football. You just don't put the ball in the back of the net at one end and then concede at the other. And that was that's kind of how it went and kind of summed up the campaign, to be honest. I wrote a piece recently, kind of um, like on the classical saying of the Scottish way, you know, when, when the men's national team didn't qualify for like over two decades and the grand old same was born, or they're doing it the Scottish way. I wrote a piece about that and I thought, is that something that you guys think about? Is it in the back of your heads? Like, we've got pressure because if we don't qualify, if we don't do well, people are going to be like, well, it's just the Scottish way. And it must be it must be horrible here because the Scottish way should be the other qualified for a major tournament. Yet again, it shouldn't be the other flunked a qualification. Is, is that something that you ever think about or talk about? No, I think you're right. But I think we, we never compare ourselves to the men's national team. For me, football with, is between men and women is, is, is different. You've obviously got the men's game, which is which they're faster and they're, they're stronger but women's football is technically just as gifted as well so we always just focus on ourselves we don't think or compare ourselves to the national team with the men's that oh they've not qualified and so we'll just do it the Scotland way and we'll not now nah, we don't think like that to be honest we just have our own way of thinking we've got great quality players and and we believe that we are always improving it and we should be at a major tournament you said before there about um looking at men's and women's football differently. And that, that's, to be honest with you, something that naturally has, has happened to me, I suppose. Um, I always felt like I would compare it when I first got into women's football. Obviously, men's football has been from birth for me and, and women's over the past four or five years. But it is really different, isn't it? Not just the, like you said before, the physical aspect of it. You look at it more from a technical side. I think technically it's level, if I'm completely honest with you, when I watch it. But also, like the community around it's a little bit different as well. Do you think it would benefit the game if people looked at it as different sports rather than comparing it all the time? I just think everyone's entitled to their own opinion, to be honest. I have my opinion, it might be different to everybody else's, but within the women's game, we just see it ourselves as our own sport. We don't, we don't try and, and be like, oh, we're like the men or, or vice versa. They're not going to say that about us either, are they? So for me, it's just about making it your your own game, we're, we're tactically probably still switched on like the, like the men. But again, that's me just comparing again. So I just think women, they're technically great. Tactically, we're, we're, we're still going to know the, the difference between a, a back four and a back three. Like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just about focusing on yourselves and not trying to compare the, the sport. I think it's high time we just let you guys go on with it, to be perfectly honest with you. I think there's been too much faffing around the last wee while and um, you've kind of been left looking in from a Rangers perspective because we know how great things are just now for ourselves. I think it's high time that you guys will just like get towed back into it, to be perfectly honest with you. When I look at the, the league table just now, prior to the suspension in February, it's it's ourselves, Glasgow City and, and then Celtic. I know there's a a um, equal point gap between ourselves and, and Glasgow City but he's right up there and it, it looks like there's a, a good chance he could do something pretty special this year Yeah and I think that just goes back to the intention from, from the football club the, the recruitment that they've done the full time staff that we've got we're, we're so thankful to the staff that we've got you've got a a physio, a doctor, a sports science, a analysis guy, like all that, and a kit woman as well. Like it's it's crazy. I would never have thought like, oh, I don't need to take my my kit home and, and wash it. But no, I don't even have to do that anymore. And that sounds like really, like to me, that's not even a big deal. I don't mind taking my kit home and washing it. But for obviously a full time athlete, that's that's just the normal thing. So yeah. 
I think all of these things are, I mean, the, the roles you mentioned there, the one that jumps out in my mind straight away is sports science. I think historically you always associate a sports science person with men's football. We had um, Adam Owen there. Um, years ago when Walter Smith was in charge Adam Owen was the guy who was in charge of the sports science and you always just assume that oh, that's the sports science, he, he does it for men's football but the fact that the Rangers are looking to to roll out these positions straight across the board um, is a huge testament to the club, I think you're absolutely right Yeah, it's definitely is, the, the club have been brilliant in terms of the, the staff that we've got, like the sports scientists like you you couldn't give them enough credit. At the time, as a player, you're thinking, oh, here comes them running from the sports side. <laughs> um, and we, we give her a few pelters sometimes, but do you know what? Like Emma's, Emma's great. She's She's got us um, extremely fit, and, and you're thankful to have that on board. And obviously, they're in close contact with the physio in terms of what players should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing to have. And it's all, this, it's all the small details Absolutely. and the minor things in the, in the game that make you a better player it's just those little fine margins that if you do that then you can play at the top level So Courtney I know you've got an excellent question for Nicola on the introduction of the, the current foreign uh, personnel um, Obviously there's many uh, kind of players within your team that have come from different countries, different leagues that probably didn't even, probably don't have as much as knowledge is how big a club Rangers is obviously Scottish people and even British people they understand the stature of Rangers and everything that it means so when they came and signed obviously around about the, probably about the same time as you did you try and explain to them like this is this is Rangers and this is who they are and it's probably going to be one of if not the biggest honour to play here so grab it with both hands Absolutely but I think you know that as soon as you walk through those gates at the training centre it's like Wow, like the training ground is unbelievable. The grass pitches are impeccable. I just think anybody who walks through those gates should know, right, okay, I'm at a big club here. Obviously, there's there's the, the famous history of playing for Rangers and, and what the first team have done. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, we speak about we even speak about the training ground, we speak about the games and what the what Rangers have done previously in Europe and all that kind of stuff. So I think people know as soon as they come through, and even when we got that 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 terrible result in the those old firm previously with the first game against them, where people knew exactly what it meant to play for Rangers after that defeat. Because I tell you what, I, I had a few words to say in, in the, the kind of team talk after that, and I couldn't <laughs> shut up. Everybody just must have been looking at me like just looking like Nick, shut up. But no, I was just so emotional. I was just like, nah, that result's no good enough at this club. And so yeah, everybody knows what it takes to play for this club. So that takes me quite nicely into that because I was actually coming on to that next. I, oh, no. you, you, I know, I'm sorry, you're going to need to revisit it. Um, <laughs> you did play very well that day um, and deserved to win the, the tie to all intents and purposes. How difficult was it to pick the women up after that with the Glasgow City game coming so, so quickly on the back of it? Obviously, it was a, a disappointing result against obviously the your rivals within the league. Obviously, City are our rivals as well, but through history, Celtic are obviously our rivals for that. So that result was was bitter, and obviously the way that the, it was a penalty, and, and we obviously played well, and we, we should have been a few up, and if, even in the first half. But it's just yeah. one of those ones of you you don't put it in the net at the one half of the pitch, then you concede that's just how football is, and you'll lose the game. But for us, as soon as the game finished, we got ourselves round each other um, and, and had a, a good chat. And it was all about bouncing back. So it was a game against four for us. I'm pretty sure it was on the Sunday. And it was all about, look, let's after that result, it's just about showing, let's see what character's in this dressing room. Let's see what what we've got and what we're made of here. And and I'll tell you what, we, we bounced back um, against four for and got the, the, the result. And obviously we had to bounce back because we knew big games were coming quick and fast. And, and that's what, what it's like at the top level. You, you have a defeat and you've, you've got to bounce back, especially when you're at this club as well. I know, Nicola, uh, from, from watching you on something else, that um, Stephen Gerrard has had reasonably regular communication with, with the women's team. Let us know a little bit about what that communication was and just what he, what he said to you almost. I mean, I actually remember my, my first day, I'll, I'll speak about that first, it was, it, I remember my agent calling me up and saying, look, Nick, you need to go for your medical, you're, you're signing for Rangers. I was like, oh, wow, 
oh, oh my god <laughs> so I was obviously rushing in and I remember meeting Malky and, and that's obviously the head coach and he was like Nick I'm going to I'm going to go and grab Stevie to meet you and I've obviously just not really listened I went Stevie who and he's like, Stevie G. I was like, no, you're joking. No, my, my hands were pure sweating. Um, but yeah, I, he came and met me on my, my medical day and shook my hand. And he was, I'm not going to do his accent because I can't do it. And he was just like, welcome to the club and, and that. So that was that was a big moment for me when I first signed. And obviously we've had the pleasure of having a, a Zoom call with, with Stephen there the manager and it was just about we were just having a conversation and he was just like talking to us as a women's first team how to deal with that low block because obviously the first team have, have came up against teams sitting in against them and, and we've came up against that a few times this season as well because the players that were signed so players are now sitting in against us so he was just talking us talking to us about how to beat that that kind of low block block that he's been talking about Graham I think Sorry, you go, Graham. On you go. <laughs> I was going to say, talking about um, managers whilst we were on it, I had a, a family member that used to obviously work with Mark Gay a little bit, a player under him in the like, academy and the youth teams. Um, he only speaks really highly of him, like genuinely only speaks really, really highly of him. And he's animated, he's funny on the on the touchline, but what's he like to play under? Like, because obviously he's changed in the summer, but how are you finding that your first season under him? I say this to everybody that I meet that Malky is a breath of fresh air. I, I kid you not, he's not only is he knowledgeable about football, but he he just is a, a a nice human, like an actual really straight up nice guy, and he and he genuinely cares about all of us. Um, he's obvious. Him and Kevin are are kind of like it's not the good guy and the bad guy because I'm not going to say that about Kevin either. But they they really bounce well off each other. Malky's the more about put the ball in the back of the net and that's how you win games. And then you've obviously got Kev, who's more like the tactical, skinny, genius guy, whereas Malky's just straight up and honest and just saying that is how you win a game. Um, he's, he's old school and he's and he's honestly a great guy. Like, he's so genuine. Um, and and he, always, he honestly is a top guy. And I'm, I kid you not, I'm leaving, I'm leaving trying to big him up because it's the truth. I think big picture, you kind of appreciate that a bit more as well, don't you? You know, sort of... Um polishing a turd if you like type chat you know what I mean you just want someone to be absolutely straight down the line spot on this is how it is and this is how it's going to be I think you appreciate and you respect someone more in that fashion I think yeah obviously even even just this, the kind of small stuff in terms of if I know that I'm, I'm maybe not having a good game I know that Malky's at the side and he's I call him Mr Positive because he's so positive just He'll maybe shout stuff on, but it's in like the most positive way you'll you'll ever see. And sometimes Kev will be like, Nick, what are you doing? But I, I expect that for Kev. But I'm just so used to being like shouted at in terms of because I've worked with different coaches. So previously, I'd worked with with Scott, and he demanded obviously high standards, mate. And I know that I know that Malky does that as well. But it's just in a more positive kind of way. And it, and I think he know it's like he knows how to manage his players and and get the best out of them. And I think that's why he's, he's so good at his job is because he, he knows everyone's different and how to work for them. Graham, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to joke. Can you, tell, you can tell him I'm going to speak, can't you? Sorry. Um, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, Nick. So um, sorry in advance, right? But um, I was reading an interview you did not too long ago, reading about music and you're quite a big fan of Mumford & Sons, which which is all right, not my taste, but fair enough. Um, I was wondering, do you have a favourite Rangers song being a, a Rangers fan from birth. Um, you desperate to sing "Sweet Caroline"? It's okay if you are. We've done it all day. I'm going to have to say, I, I, I can't help it. I know it's just like so cliche, but I just remember being at Ibrox and knowing just the team are coming out, and it's simply the best. Yeah, oh, same. Just the goosebumps that I get, honestly. It's even part of my running playlist because I know that I'm if I'm going through like the hardest run ever and simply the best comes on, it's like do do and I'm like, I'm away. <laughs> I think I'm the same with that. I would have to say simply the best, yeah. I actually think and we've obviously not been at Ibrox for what feels like my last game at Ibrox was Leverkusen. Leverkusen, absolutely, yeah, you're right, Graham. Um and it's we things that there's Various different things to add that add to your football experience of going to the game, whether it's the journey in, the walk up the stairs, and um, get a pie and a bovril before you go up. But it's the we, it's like that 
the first sort of doof, doof, yeah. as Tina Turner comes on, you know where you are and you know what's about to happen. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. I think you do miss it. Um, the classics in there, but I'm going to have to say Tina, Tina Turner. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. How about you? Are any use different? Oh, that's a great question, Graham. You can take it first. Feel bad just copying it, but yeah, like I'm, I'm the same. Like I've got it on my my Spotify playlist, and if it pops on, like as soon as it starts, you kind of you're away, so to speak. Um, and my girlfriend's a big fan of it as well, so we sometimes put it on the the Google thing. And what do you so call it? A win-win then. Yeah, we just Alexa plays simply the best, and it, well, the best, and it comes on, and and yeah. It's on there. <laughs> <laughs> I know that and that wasn't planned at all. Courtney, same question to you. Um, honestly, I'm the exact same. It's probably the song that I think is the just fun you just grew up around. It's the first thing that any anybody plays on match day, especially my family is definitely the first thing you hear seven o'clock in the morning on an old film day. Um so it's got to be a favourite and just I think when you're at Ibrox and you hear it come on, you see the players come out, it's just that just this warm feeling around you, and even the people you don't know behind you, beside you, in front of you, they're all just grabbing it, and they're all just, everybody's just buzzing to be there. So I think it's just such a such a good song; always gets you going. I think you're absolutely right. I think one thing that um, well, sort of sticks in my fine, my mind, and there's a bit of romance about the the sort of four lads had a dream song, and I think of if there was ever a year that we would have loved to have just sung it in Ibrox, it would have been this year because it's going to mean so much winning that 55th league championship. In addition to that, all the obvious ones, mental as anything, live it up, and now Sweet Caroline, which as I say, has been etched in our brain for the last 24 hours. And I, I'm not a great fan of Sweet Caroline, I have to say. However, I have found myself humming it at work. I love it now, eh? I do, yeah. I'm afraid so. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a shame the one got Alfredo on camera dancing about in that changing room, let me tell you. I can't there's at least one player that was that's definitely got that on video. There's got to be at least one. <laughs> Nicola, I really appreciate you coming on and, and joining us and, and what is going to be our first of hopefully fortnightly pods, um, dedicating our time to, to to the women's team. We would hope to get maybe one of your teammates on in, in the not-too-distant future as well. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed your time. Thanks very much. Do that. Do that. In fact, no, you should do. You should do a bit of roulette and you should pick who comes on next. You'll need to clear up your gaffers, obviously, say. but that's exactly what I'll we should go for. I'll pick Rangers fan then. You'll love Kirsty Howitt. Oh, oh. You oh. was saying that last week. If, if there's anybody next that's got Kirsty Hibbert on, because she's a Rangers fan. She's, Kurt, she's big time Rangers fan, I'll tell you that. So Kirsty's, um, Kirsty went to school with my, my girlfriend, and I can guarantee, from what I've been told, Rangers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Kirsty's going to be next, is what we're saying. So when Kirsty's listening. Right yeah. Excellent. Right. You, can, uh, you can put that in writing. Excellent. <laughs> I didn't ask you. This bit will get edited right out. Um, <laughs> Graham, always great to have you on, my friend. Um, love your time. Me. Thanks for joining us. And Courtney, welcome to the to the team. Really glad you could join us. Uh, and we'll do it all again in a fortnight, okay? Thanks very much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Nick. Fire's raging. I'm shaking. You want